This podcast was recorded on Tuesday, November 27th at 11.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. People say, oh, Bernier, you're a populist politician. I said, okay, but uh, uh, you must add the, the, um, uh, the smart populism and because it's based on ideas and I don't try to play with your emotion. So you like it. But you, you are a little. On the immigration front, you are a little. No, I just want less immigrants. Just a little bit less. A pause for one year, two years. Just have a pause and to go back. What it's not. I'm not anti-immigration. I'm not for mass immigration. Yes, but I'm not anti-immigration. likes to talk about immigration. I think, I think we have too many refugees and we must focus more on the need of our country. A large number of Canadians and certainly a vast majority of conservatives are worried that we are heading in the wrong direction. But it is not politically correct to raise such a question. Politicians are afraid to have this kind of discussion. We're not afraid to have debate about that. For months now, Bernier has been tweeting up a storm on issues of multiculturalism and migration. This Maxime Bernier family feud thing is really heating up. Bernier is not backing down. With another series of tweets just this weekend. He has extreme right-wing views. He is extremely anti-immigration. These are not <laughs> the tweets of some, some alt-right extremists. Some of Bernier's tweets express opinion. Others are, simply put, factless and fear-mongering. His supporters say he's speaking up for what they believe in, or rather, what they fear. Uncontrolled, massive immigration, and specifically in the last year or two, illegal immigration. Someone from uh, oh, even Syria, they'd be probably be more at home in somewhere like Turkey or Jordan or whatever. But no, that's not where they go. They don't go to uh, an area where they speak the language and have the same values. They come to Canada, where we have money. I'm Althea Raj, and this is Follow Up, a HuffPost Canada politics podcast. In this episode, we continue with part two of my conversation with Maxime Bernier. He says he's not opposed to immigrants or legitimate asylum seekers. His critics say he's giving racists a platform. How can he both court and distance himself from folks like this? My name's Mike from Simcoe Gray County. I'm a Max and Bernie supporter. I feel that immigration we're having now in Canada is not going to benefit my kids in the future. That discussion is next. You have been tweeting a lot about immigration. Yes. You started by tweeting a lot about immigration. Yes. Controversial. He tweeted, Trudeau keeps pushing his diversity is our strength slogan, but he asked, where do we draw the line? He then went on to claim that diversity could lead to distrust, social conflict, and potentially violence, saying more diversity will not be our strength. It will destroy what has made us such a great country. You and I have spoken several times over the last yeah. decade or so, and I... This was never, immigration was never your thing. No, no, no. Did you read my platform? Yes, I did read your platform. And I went back and I listened to your debates. Yeah. And I remember, like, literally 
two years ago, yeah. you were on stage yeah. attacking Kelly Leach yes. for being a karaoke version of Donald Trump. Yeah. And as you know, we're not like in U.S. We don't have the same problem in the U.S. with illegal immigrants. I don't know why, why Mr. Leach is playing a kind of a karaoke version of Donald Trump. Yes, I said that. And um, at that time, you know, I was right. My platform, And I had the same platform at that time when yes. I said that. Uh, I don't play with I don't want to play with the emotions of Canadians. Uh, I'm playing and I'm asking them to write our policies and uh, and I want them to vote for us for our policies. And that policies for less immigration and having a pause, it was there at that time. Yes, you're but, calling but but all the media, but all the media, you at that time focus on Kelly Leach on immigration. Nobody uh, at that time, focused on, on what I was saying on immigration. But yes, the way that she spoke about immigration was a little bit like Donald Trump. And that's why I about said that. the values test. Yeah, the values test. So I'm not saying we, I, I'm saying that we, we must have less immigration. I'm very precise, 250,000 immigrants a year. I'm the only politician who's putting a number on that. Yes, All and others, just for, to provide context yeah. to the listener, the liberals have laid out a plan that... Um, is slowly increasing the immigration threshold to what they would like it to be, 360,000 by 2020. Yeah, and now that's 310, something like that, 1,000 people a year. A year, yeah. But also in my plan, I want to have more economic immigrants. I want the ratio to be more um, in line with the need of our country. So in, in right now, I think we have only 65% of economic immigrants in, in that ratio. And I, I prefer for an immigrant, I want that person to be able to come here and having a job and participate in our society. That would be good for that person, but also for our country. Mm -hmm. In some writings in this country, there's a big ethnic groups and what they want, they want to see their grandma and their, their, their dad and coming, uh, coming to Canada. It's okay. I'm okay with that. But that must not be the focus of our, uh, of our immigration policy. So I'm not afraid to have this debate. I watched an interview you gave to Ezra Levant on The Rebel. Yes, your friend. <laughs> no, well, I don't actually think that he and I are very close. But, um, uh, so he asked you specifically if you were open to the idea of a values test. And you said that you had some doubts about whether a values test would work. Yeah. I mean, people could lie or whatnot. But you you would like to find a way to find out how immigrants could integrate culturally. I don't know how we will, uh, we will be sure that these people that are coming here are sharing our values and our principle, uh, Western society uh, values and principle. So is it uh, by a test or another means? I don't know. I'm open for suggestion. Yeah, well, we want them. First of all, we, we have a job as a politician and as Canadian. We, we must celebrate our culture, uh, our tradition. And if we're doing that a little bit more, people who want to come here, they, they will understand now what we're doing. We're celebrating every difference, every, every difference in our country. And Trudeau said it's, we're a post, uh, um, post-national state. Uh, that's not true. What unites us, like uh, Tim Hortons and uh, the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I like, the, like the two languages. English and French. Yes, that's important. Uh, uh, celebrating what unites us: equality before the law. It's simple, but you know, in our culture, it's important. Uh, who doesn't believe that? 
Ah, et ben, oui. We, we saw a uh, thing happening in other countries, in Europe and um, in, in Belgium and, um, and people who don't share uh, Western civilization values. So we must have the discussion right now for being sure that in 20 years from now, this country will be like that today, like it is today. Ezra Levant phrased his question to you, basically suggesting that what he meant by people who don't share our values are Muslims who can't tell the difference between uh, church and state. A lot of things won't show up in a security background check in someone from Syria. Questions about cultural compatibility, the equality of men and women, the treatment of minorities, the separation of mosque and state. He basically suggested that people who don't look like us, well, maybe more like no. you and less like yeah. me, uh, <laughs> should, not be, uh, should not be welcomed with as open arms. I don't share that. I don't share that. Uh, uh, and actually, uh, people know that in my own party, I have a lot of people from India, uh, people with other background, and uh, they're coming with us, uh, people from Pakistanis, that if you look at the writing association that were created in Toronto region, there's a lot of people from different backgrounds different ethnics. Uh, we represent, uh, I think, the population. So I don't agree with that. I just wonder if you're at all concerned that your message, maybe the words that you are saying are being interpreted by others can differently. Be. Can be. You're right. Can be. It's a risk. If you don't believe in immigration, you're not welcome in our party. If you want, if you want to stop the immigration and 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 close the border, you're not welcome in our party, uh, and that's clear. So so, and that's why also we will do background check. We're the only party who will do a background check on our people who represent the party in their writing. So the writing association, they elected their representative and these people represent us and the party in their region, in their writing. And we want to be sure, we want to know these people. We are building a party. We want them to share our values. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in the media that, oh, come, they have to sign a pledge. Yeah, they have to sign a pledge. They, they, they must know what we believe in, and it's important. And also they must um, give us uh, the authorization to do a background check on them. And they're doing that, and we will do it. So we're, But it can happen. We can have, uh, during the election, I don't know, uh, a person that said something that we don't like, and that person will, will have to quit. Uh, but at least I'll be able to say to the media, I did my best, you know, so I can, I'll be able to, to do that. That happened with the reform party in the beginning. Uh, and so we can It learn. continued with the conservatives too. I remember yeah. covering some elections yeah. in 2004. But we are learning from that. Uh, something can happen, but I won't panic if that happened. But uh, do you not think that some of the things that you say court attention from people who like I was listening to a man's YouTube video where he proudly calls himself a racist and tells me what a wonderful party he thinks you've created. I was watching uh, your speech in Etobicoke yeah. and Faith Goldie was there. Do you, do you welcome her endorsement of your party? I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, 
endorse people who are believing in other values than the values of our party. And uh, you must ask the question to Faith Goodley if she believes in our platform in immigration, if she believes in our uh, equality platform. It's, well, it's, she it, wants to create a Judeo-Christian white but that's, country. But that's not my... If, if, if that's right, if, if that is right, that's not my priority. This party has been... been well, it's not all, your priority or it's not something you believe in? No, it's not something. It's not something that I believe in. This party has been built on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect, and fairness. So we must respect is for respecting taxpayers, respecting the Constitution, but also uh, Canadian, uh, respecting the difference uh, in other people that bring us uh, uh, a plus in our country, another value in our country. You don't think, though, that some of the things that you might do that you might be responsible to for creating some of that um, perceived intolerance. Okay, I'm going to give you a specific example. You tweeted at something about extreme multiculturalism Mm -hmm. with a picture of the sign in this Winnipeg park that was named after the founder of Pakistan. After your tweet went out, somebody came and sawed off the sign. Yeah. So you 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 you're making uh, no, a direct relationship no. with my tweet what, and what, what happened? No, what I'm asking I you don't. is, do you think there is a, a no, no, no? Okay. Yeah. Does that concern you though? Like, do do you weigh the responsibility? I don't approve that. I don't approve that. But do you weigh the possibility that your message might be um, taken in a different way than I, you I don't intend want it? To, but but I, when I, I, you write your tweets or when you're, you no. and your advisors write your tweets? No, no. Do you think about the consequences of the tweet going out and the message, the oh, possible yeah, we, 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 dog we, whistle that try, it may be sending? Yes, we try to think about everything and we try to use the right words. And uh, yes, we are very uh, serious about it and we want to be sure that people will, uh, will uh, understand our tweet in the right way. And if that happens... We will tweet again and, and saying, no, 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 if you interpret our tweet like that, it's not what I said. And we did that in the past. So we're looking at that and we're looking also at the reaction of our tweets. If the reaction is not going where where, uh, where I was... Where you wanted to go. Yeah, when I wanted to go and the idea that I wanted to, to promote, I will tweet again and to be sure that people understand uh, what what is our policy. Okay, who's going to ask the first one? Yeah, good. My name is Risa Upton. My question to you is on December the 10th, uh, Justin Trudeau is going to be signing the United Nations Global uh, Immigration Compact. Will you rip up this agreement and separate us from the United Nations uh, agenda? Yes, we are the only political party in Ottawa that want to get rid of that compact and I hope they won't sign it, but I think they will. So yes, we will, uh, we won't do that. We don't believe in that. We need to control our immigration system and uh, that's what we did the last 75 years and we'll do the same. While Maxime Bernier no longer represents the only political party opposed to the UN migration agreement. This week, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer also called on the Liberal government to pull out of the non-binding framework for safe, orderly and regular migration. We strongly oppose Justin Trudeau's plan to sign Canada on to the UN Global Compact on Migration. It gives influence over Canada's immigration system to foreign entities. 
It attempts to influence how our free and independent media report on immigration issues. And it could open the door to foreign bureaucrats telling Canada how to manage our borders. The Liberals and the NDP note that the Tories and Bernier are inaccurately portraying the compact. They continue to misrepresent the documents. These two compacts are both non-binding. They do not impact in any way on the sovereignty of uh, any state that participates in them. At the request of the Conservatives, a Commons committee studied the Global Migration Compact. It came up with completely different recommendations than what the party is now saying. Every single witness and every written brief uh, expressed unanimity in the fact that Canada should participate in both the Global Compact on Migration as well as the Global Compact for Refugees. Bernier proudly notes that he led the first Canadian political party to oppose the pact. Almost a dozen countries, Hungary, Poland, Australia and the U.S. among them, have also signaled they're not signing. The U.N. has tried to calm some of the concerns. The compact fully respects the, uh, the, the sovereign right of states to decide over their migration policies. Migration is by nature a transboundary phenomenon that has been part of human history and that we need to tackle this phenomenon from a, uh, from a multilateral cooperation stand. And the only way to do that is to have a shared framework to refer to when things happen. And that shared framework to refer to is the Global Compact on Migration. But some of the fears remain. Migration has always been a part of human history. Well, so, lady, so has invasions. These are invasions. The purpose of this document is to normalize mass migration. These countries are getting together and agreeing to be nice to migrants, to figure, you know, to provide them access to schooling, uh, access to work, access to health care, uh, etc. This is a global migration compact that you say would commit Canada to spend billions of dollars more to to deal with migration. Yeah, um, that it would make that Canadians would, and I'm quoting here, lose control of their borders, society, culture, and the economy. You write, Canada's government has a duty to protect Canadians first, yeah. not other populations, end quote. And you also talk about a specific part of the global compact, which you say commits countries to run propaganda campaigns to change public perceptions about migrants. Okay, I want to make it clear yeah. that you and I have very different interpretations of what the Global Compact actually says. But did you read it? Yes, I did. Okay, so what I said... <laughs> so it does not commit countries to run propaganda campaigns? No, 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 no. They said that country must do everything to be sure that their population accept a high level of migrants. No, it so says... The goal is to commit to eliminate all forms of discrimination, condemn and counter expressions, acts and manifestations of racism, racial discrimination, violence, xenophobia, and related intolerance against all migrants in conformity with international human rights law. You yeah. oppose that? No, what what you're saying, there's another line a little bit. Objective like, 17 in your tweet. Yeah. I, I just read you yeah, Objective yeah, yeah. 17. So what I oppose, I oppose that... That's nice principle, but what they want at the end, they want migration not to be an exception, but to be 
the reality and but it is it, the reality and it's a way no, of addressing the it's a way of addressing migration conflict there were 40 million displaced people yeah. in 2011 yeah. there are 70 million displaced people yeah. just what, displaced what is people. the solution it's not to tell them you know come in other countries it's to build but they're coming already yeah but the goal is to help other countries to have free market policies that will bring prosperity so but it, many of them need... are fleeing famine they're fleeing oh, war yeah, they're fleeing yeah, civil yeah, war but, there are more so, you know, so that's Africans who are internally displaced in Africa than who've landed yeah. on the shores of Europe. Yeah, I know that. But why not helping this country? You know, we, we believe in free trade. Free trade is always good. But why we have uh, tariffs uh, that are against this country, like in Africa, uh, you want to sell your cottons that you're doing, you're not able to sell that in countries like in uh, United States. And they have, so you need to help them. So the way to do that is to have real free trade with them. It's to build the rule of law and being sure that they will have the the the, the environment to have a but prosperous country. But yes, that go but, after you've had like peace. Yeah, yeah, but you're saying that people are living because of famines and things like that. Yeah, that happened. We are able to achieve our goal as a country. We did that with people coming from Vietnam a couple of years ago, and a lot of them came in my own writing in Bose. So we don't need an agreement like that. Countries are doing that, and we are doing it right now. But if it's an aspirational document that says, yeah. please tr treat migrants in a good way, well, give them a safe place to it's, help it's, them return back home if, there's, if that's possible. Yeah. I, I agree. Give them some benefits. I, I agree with don't that, put them don't in jail as a first resort. Put them in detention as a last resort. We don't need the UN to tell us uh, what to do. We don't need the UN to do that. This country did that, did, did it in the past, and will do that, and will do it in the future. But what look, is look so what's offensive the about this you document? Want to, you to want you. to have migrants? There, are, you, you don't. Canada. We are not helping the right refugees right now. If you're coming from the state of New York, you're not in danger, like you said. You're not in danger. You didn't say that, but you said we must help people who are in danger. You're not in danger. They are jumping the queue. Uh, it's unfair. And real people who are waiting in other countries like that, yes, in refugees camp, they cannot come in our country. So the Trudeau government said we are open. We want to help everybody. But at the end, they're not helping the real people who need to be okay, helped. And they're signing this document to show that uh, virtue signaling, signaling, you know, we want to help everybody. Just do your job and help the real refugees. That will help. What do you want us to do about Rocks and Road and asylum seekers coming through Sit the down States? with Trump. Sit down with President Trump and fix the loophole. You can do it. I think President Trump will understand that. He's having a, um, a challenge in, in the southern border. Uh, so I think he can understand. You can have a frank discussion with him. But but I'm sure he would rather leave the loophole open because it allows them to come to Canada and not stay in the United States. No, yeah. no, you, you can, you know, you can explain that. You, you, you can, if you have a strong case and you believe in that, and if you have an election on it, You'll have the mandate. I'm reforming to the Safe Third Country Agreement. For sure. This that, is an that, agreement for the listener who's not familiar with this topic that basically says that this is an agreement Canada and the US signed that says you have to claim asylum in the first country in which you land. Yes. And um, at an official crossing or if you uh, land that's at the most important, airport. the official crossing. Yeah, you're right. So right now that's not happening. So people are not crossing at an official place. So that's why. And and we need we need to have a discussion with the U.S. to be sure that uh, the right people will come here. 
Do you think Canada should accept asylum seekers and refugees? Do we have a role to play internationally in doing yeah, our part? Not, yes, but that must be the legal one. Yes, I want to help the real refugees. That's why we need to solve that problem and being sure to help people who are waiting in a diff very difficult country in a refugee uh, camps. What is extreme multiculturalism? Um, it's uh, always celebrating the difference. It's always saying that, you know, um, there's no value in Canada. There's nothing who unite us in Canada. There's, I said, you know, it's a, it's a official bilingual country. There's uh, uh, the French language people in, coming from Quebec mostly and, and the English people. And, uh, and we had an history about that. We have a strong history. So just celebrate that. And if you look at what Justin Trudeau is doing and Andrew Scheer also, uh, they are celebrating the difference. And so that's, that, for me, that's extreme. You mean the uh, celebration of Diwali and congratulations well, celebra on... Celebration of the, you know, I like the Chinese people, so celebration of the Chinese year. Uh, I, it's okay if they want to do it, that's perfect. But, you know, I, I, why not celebrating what unites us? Celebrating the 1st of July a little bit more instead of giving a little bit money to every special... Uh, um, group. Uh, yeah, group. And it, so that's... They, 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 that's not helping to have a, you know, what unite us. It is not what the, the, our difference, what unite us, it's our shared values. In Quebec, we're having a debate about um, a, a new version of the Charter, the Charter of Values debate about religious symbols. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on that? Should, I guess I'm not going to ask you if the federal government should intervene, but no. um, is the wearing of religious symbols in the federal public service something that you think should should happen or should I there be a ban on that in the way that Harper decided to uh, ban kneecaps from citizenship ceremonies? Yeah, so, so for that, uh, I didn't think about that. But for me, it is not uh, a priority in Canada right now. Uh, I don't see the same thing in other provinces that what Mr. Legault is saying in his province. So uh, he's doing his debate. It's a legitimate debate and, um, and we'll see. Federally. You would say federally. I'm saying the same thing that the uh, upper government said uh, that uh, if you want to be Canadians uh, uh, for the celebration and the um, the uh, uh, citizenship uh, celebration, we people must be able to see your face. So you would appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. Yes. I mean, I don't know that you could anymore because yeah, you might have yeah. extended the, the amount of time that you can have an appeal. But You're the lawyer. So. Yeah, but I just want to answer your question. So yeah. I agree with what we said during the campaign Except, in 2015. Okay. So you would try to bring forward a ban? Uh, it's not my priority right now. Uh, uh, I think we have a lot of uh, policies that are important, the economy and uh, getting rid of uh, corporate welfare, a lot of things. But f if it's becoming another debate, uh, that would be the same position. And in the public service, should I federal any, public I don't have any position on that. You're open. No, no, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any position on that. And I think it's not the priority was for the uh, citizenship celebration. But if you don't rule it out, my takeaway is that this no. is something that a Maxime Bernier government might no, end up doing. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's not the takeaway because... Uh, 
it's not what I said, and uh, I don't. I want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, to go there. For me, there's not there's no um, issue in Canada for that. Okay, I wonder what you would say to somebody, an ethnic minority, yeah. who hears you and says, you know, I like a lot of what he says, yeah. but I worry that because your message is also attracting so much attention from people who are anti-immigration. But that's not the goal. I, I understand that's yeah. what you're saying. But what would you say to people who say, who are concerned that you're not going to fight for their rights, that you are not going to be a defender of them, and that when they might feel like they're being persecuted, whether it's you know the whole debate about the um, anti-Islamophobia yeah. motion, that these people will feel vulnerable if you are the leader. What would you say to them? I'll say you don't have to. Uh, you were very uh, serious and we have a policy that is answering your your uh, request. Uh, we want a country that will follow the rule of law and we don't like discrimination, uh, you know, and so we'll fight for your right like I will fight for the right of uh, every Canadian. Okay, so can we have another discussion? And <laughs> That was part two of my discussion with Maxime Bernier, the former conservative leadership candidate and cabinet minister, and the leader of the newly formed People's Party of Canada. Bernier and I also spoke about his decision to leave Andrew Scheer's Tories to strike out on his own and the key issues he wants to champion. That conversation is available as episode 35 in your follow-up podcast feed. We did ask Andrew Shearer for an interview. His office declined. Oof. Well, that was a robust discussion. That was tough. You were tough. I produced this week's episode of follow-up with the invaluable editing help of our technical producer, Stephanie Warner. Our executive producer is Andre Lau. Thanks to Zian Lum for the second set of ears, and thank you for listening.